Today's episode of the Wretched Hive Podcast is sponsored by Timeless Pints Brewing Company. Timeless Pints is your go-to location for distinctively different beer in Southern California. They offer a huge variety of amazing handcrafted beers, including Belgians, Blonde, and Red Ales. The Honey Blonde is actually delicious. But really, the dark beers are my favorites, and the Bear Reader Huckleberry Stout has been my go-to beer for years with its complex roast of malts and barley and just a hint of huckleberry. Oh man, it is delicious. Lately, I've been enjoying the Rocktoberfest and when it comes back around, the London Porter is one of the best beers I think I've ever had. But over at Timeless Pints, the beer is great. It's really the service though that sets Timeless Pints apart. That place is really my cheers and it's been that way for the last five years. Timeless Pints is right here in Southern California, in Lakewood, just a mile or so off the 405 freeway at the Cherry Avenue exit, right next to Long Beach Airport. To keep up with the latest beer releases, information about food trucks or special events, follow Timeless Pints at Timeless Pints on Twitter, or visit them on the web at TimelessPints.com. Pop over to Timeless Pints today, have a pint, and make sure to tell them the Wretched Hive sent you. Welcome to the Wretched Hive podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Iceland Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. So... There's a new Wilhelm scream? No, no. Why do we need a new Wilhelm scream? I'm totally confused. And it's George? <laughs> George recorded a new Wilhelm scream. Was it him screaming at Disney? <laughs> They're shitting on my work. I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. I, I, I don't get it. But we're going to unravel it for you because you have found the Wretched High Podcast for Friday, February 7th. 2020 episode 106 of the show. My name is Steve Baldwin, and the entire hive is with us tonight. And let's get it started off as we always do with the Wookiee co pilot, Greg Lant. It wasn't me. I didn't fucking do it. It wasn't my fault this time. It was my fault. I had it on mute during the intro, as I usually do, and I forgot to unmute myself. So it's a professionally produced show. The Let's... brakes are locked. We're in a, we're in a slot. And we're already to a screeching halt. It's only been 40 seconds. All right. All right. So 45 seconds in, make the first edit on the show tonight. <laughs> it's and going to gonna... be a heavy night of editing for Steve. Is what's and gonna be... we're going to start it off with the Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. Stevie, be cool to your school. Thank God we're finally back together. It's been two long, long weeks, and it is goddamn cold outside, but it is going to be hot in here because we got lots of Star Wars talk tonight, right? Baby, Correct, right? it's cold yep. outside. It was 38 degrees this morning when I left the house. What? And you know what? So Thank busy. God, 10 days from now, somebody's getting married up somewhere where it was like 23 degrees this morning. So It was 19 degrees up there this morning. Oh, yeah, so oh. perfect. Let's get married in that shit. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that? Are you are you Let's wearing married, are you wearing the crazy. traditional wedding parka? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> or is this like a Betazoid wedding from Star Trek The Next Generation? Mm. Yeah. Man, that's going to be cold. Is it really 19 degrees up, up there right now? Yeah, like 18 or 19 degrees, some shit like that. Mm, Only in yeah. the morning and the night, that's all. Hoth gear is required for this wedding, so... Wedding's gonna be midday, so it should be warmer, but... Oh, why didn't we all buy those Empire Strikes Back parkas that you can get from Columbia? It's not, not too Columbia late, Columbia the dude. country, Columbia the... Good. Mm, wedding presents right now for the entire party. Mm. Come on, mm. Dad. Pony up. Mm. <laughs> I like that idea. All right, also Thanks, on the Dad. show tonight... He is a... Is he awake? I'm barely awake. (laughs) He is a lifelong Star Wars fan! Ivansky! Oh my god, Steve. Somebody get me a coffee. Somebody get me a whiskey. Do you need some coffee? I I don't know what I need, I got coffee inside. I'm here. I'm here. We're going to do this. We're uh, we're back. (laughs) I feel good. We're back. I'm going pro What's wrong, Scott? Why are you so blue? I'm good. He's not blue. He's... I think he had a little few too many sips of uh mccallum 12 there before yeah. we got started yeah man it's uh i haven't drank on this show in forever so this is mm-hmm. uh this is some great times right now <laughs> <laughs> it actually sounds like you haven't been drinking sounds like you've been uh you're doing something else you mean after four years kind of mellow i finally sound awake chill. And, and normal thank god here you're we go chill. all right all right. Well, also on the show tonight, he is about to get married, and he is the captain of the Nico. Not very long to be single, Rodriguez. I didn't mute him. Oh, guys. hi, hello. How are you guys? <laughs> I was going to say payback's a bitch. For that one. Uh, Hi, Nico. How are you? Um, Nico, Nico, this is like your podcast bachelor party, right? This is this is, is our last podcast with you as an unmarried man. It sure is. Mm. I have no ring this show. On the next show, there's going to be a little ring there. Not much else is going to change. Wait a minute. Are you going to be on the next show? Are you on your honeymoon yet? Or are you going honeymoon after the wedding? Like the weekend? No, I will be on the honeymoon, um, but I will be bringing all my recording devices <laughs> and... I'm not sure of the time difference. You're in fucking but... New Zealand, dipshit. What are you, you going to try and <laughs> Skype a podcast from New Zealand? Hey, it's been we've Skyped from uh, yes. hotel resorts in the past. Yeah. Yeah, I'm and that worked out really sitting... fucking good, didn't it, Steve? Uh, I'm going to be true. in some scary conference room in the middle of the night when it's all dark <laughs> and have noises and shadows running around behind was, me. Yeah, no, a it's storm be great. going on, too? Like... <laughs> Oh yeah, there was all kinds of chaos, and we also did one from the beach, beach camping one time. Yeah, but you know what, Nico? What you said earlier, you know, nothing's gonna change. You're just gonna have a ring on your finger. You're right. I mean, we can all talk about it. That everybody knows that nothing changes after you get married. Nothing always stays exactly totally normal. Nothing, nothing changes when you get married. It's it's all the same. Just you keep doing you. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Christine is laughing so hard right now I can't believe that the microphone isn't picking it up in a couple months you're going to be honey I just want to do it do it do it do it come on please well Nico in your defense and I this is just a quick Google search and I, and I don't know if I've done this correctly it is as we're recording at 10.05 on the 5th in New Zealand right now it is 7.04 p.m. on Thursday so okay. you will yeah. just have to make sure that you are it will be right Thursday, after dinner time. It'll be Thursday it'll, it'll evening. It'll be Thursday. Yeah, I'll be recording wow. Thursday evening with you guys 
from the future while you're yeah. sitting in Wednesday oh, night. Oh, cool. From that the cool. future. Like. What is interesting, though, is Nico is going to be podcasting from his honeymoon. That's awesome. <laughs> That's commitment. Priorities. I, yeah. Fuck yep. you, Scott. I have my priorities straight. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. And finally. The immigration department tried to protect us from them, denying them visas for a few days late in December. Oh, God. I'm scared of this one. This is is ominous. I'm scared. We have. But now they're here and they're loosed upon the land. (laughs) Dave! They spat on audiences, vomited on stage. <laughs> Under no circumstances. But they're in a strange mood, flaky, demanding they be paid ten bucks. Should. <laughs> Should you ever. They are also vile and profane. <laughs> and I mean. This is a hotel room that they used here in Atlanta. A hotel employee who left after being insulted muttered, who would pay to see them? Ever! Their spit was on the carpet, their butts on the floor. (laughs) Call him. They left the hotel to go to a sex devices store. (laughs) Harry! Now, they're not half as hardcore as people really expected. Potter. <laughs> Where did we run off? <laughs> what happened? Where's the last one? No, you got. Oh, did you say Potter? I didn't I... hear Potter. 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 Thank you. I mean, America was so scared to let him into the state. Oh man. Welcome to the show, Dave. So all that, all that talking there about hotels, <clears throat> yeah, and vandalizing hotel rooms. I, this one? one, of, one? Their spit was on the carpet, their butts on the floor. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good so one. So one, one of my favorite questions to ask when I get to interview people who want to come work at my company mm-hmm. is I ask them to talk about a mistake that they've made and how they recovered from the mistake, what they what they learned from that experience. And probably the best answer I got in any interview was a, an individual who indicated that they used to work at a hotel and they learned a very valuable lesson the hard way in that uh, a couple had come in for the night you know, and checked out. And when they were cleaning out the room the next day, he found what looked like to be a very expensive piece of jewelry. So he took it downstairs to the desk and looked up the contact information and called the number so that he could make arrangements to you know, get the piece of jewelry back. And a man answered, and he said, "You know, hey, you know, hey, you know, you and your, I, you and your wife just checked out, uh, you know, earlier today, and I, she left, you know, they, you left a piece of jewelry here. I want to know how to get it to you." And he's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "No, you were you were here with your wife." And he's like, "No, my wife is on a business trip in another city. What do you mean she's at that hotel?" Uh oh, uh oh. And he said, so that's when I learned that hotels never call guests to say that you left something behind. We'll keep a lost and found box for you, but you have to reach out to us if you think you left something at the hotel. Oh, damn. Yeah, she was on a business trip. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, that's awful. But, yeah. 
Right. <laughs> but that, that's what was going through my head when I was listening to it. Was that one? Was that little awkward bit of humanity that that I un- accidentally uncovered? Hmm. All right. <clears throat> well, if so, you've if you've ever, ever left uh... something in a hotel room or uh, <laughs> inadvertently ended a marriage, please feel free to give us a call at the number she's about to read you. Or uncovered an awkward <laughs> bit of humanity. Um, give us a call at the Wretched Hive Hotline at five six two four five five four four eight three. That's five six two four five five Hive. That's H-I-V-E, in case you can't spell hive. You certainly are goddamn right about that. And you can also find us online at thewretchedhive.net on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash wretchedhivepodcast. We love you, Facebook. Mm, do we, though? Oh, yummy. Uh, I, you don't can all... think, I don't think you're sincere. You can tweet at us at wretchedhivepod. Use Instagram to find us. At Wretched Hive 77, you can email to show at the Wretched Hive.net. Uh, you can find us on Podchaser, on TuneIn Radio, at TuneIn.com, and of course on Google and Apple Podcasts. So here's a serious question for us, real quick, and maybe this might be fun. Yes. So we're recording on a Wednesday night. We've already tipped our hand on that. What do we think is going to be on the internet first? This episode of The Wretched Hive or the complete results of the Democratic Iowa caucus? Mm. <laughs> well, the beginning of the show went as, about as well as the uh, <laughs> voting tab. No, it actually, it actually went a lot better because we actually huh. delivered a product. <laughs> we recovered. So have they, they've come up with numbers. Now, this isn't a political show, but we do have a winner of the caucus, right? That's been decided now by now? Yeah. Not really, no, because yeah, uh. they've only they're they're at ninety two percent was the last I saw, yeah. And there's still about a single percentage point separating the the top two candidates at this. So, because they don't know where that remaining eight percent is, like, is it a big precinct? Is it a small precinct? There's still theoretically a chance that the finishing order could switch. Mm. And at this point, nobody trusts a goddamn thing that's coming out of that organization at this point. I mean, yeah. seriously, you had to count like 175,000 votes. Yeah. Like that's all you had to do. I know math is hard, but seriously. Hmm. Maybe they should hire you, Dave. You ready to go fly out to Iowa? I I couldn't I couldn't I I literally said to my boss, you know, whatever I do wrong this week, and believe me, I've done a lot of things wrong this week already, but I was not in charge of the Iowa Democratic Caucus Monday night. I can, hold, <laughs> I, I can hold my head high and know that I am succeeding at life more than some other people are right now. It's bad. It's bad news. It's just bad news. But you know what? We've got some good news, so let's get right into it. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. <laughs> No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. <clears throat> well, we've got some big, big Star Wars news hitting this month. And I just found out about this. I had no idea this was coming. Project Luminous. Project Luminous. Prepare for Luminous Speed. Will be unveiled on February 24th. This is according to cordcutters.com. This is the next phase of Star Wars. And I can't believe this isn't making bigger news. This is um, this is huge. This is uh, it's not just movies, it's comics, it's novels, it's games. And it might be a sneak peek into the theatrical universe as well. 
Uh, Project Luminous is said to take place 400 years prior to the Skywalker saga hmm. during the High Republic era. Era, excuse me. <clears throat> the first phase will um, likely include books and comics, with the possibility of teasers, teaser trailers. Um, this is hitting on February 24th. The long-rumored Project Luminous will be unveiled and is expected to encompass a new range of books and comics that tell new stories about times and characters unseen with the likelihood of plenty of nostalgia thrown in for good measure. Have you guys heard about Project Luminous? This is I just heard about it yesterday. Yes. Okay, you had. I heard about it about before. 30 yeah. seconds ago, Steve. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I heard about it I think, the same time you did, Steve. So, yeah, it's it's also new to me. Uh, but, you know, things have been quiet on the Star Wars front. You know, they've been they've taken a step back and and, and I, I, I think that they'll make a grant. They need to make a grand announcement like this and yeah. just to show that they actually have some plans. Yeah. So I, I I have read about it. I've heard about it just in the sense of that there is a project luminous and nobody's sure what this is going to be. So this was today was the first concrete news about it. But I'm looking right at Scott Evansky on my big screen here when I say that people are are feeling that project luminous is going to take the place. It's going to fill in the connect the cannon hole that was created when Disney undid shadow of the empire, that that's the time frame and the zone that it's shooting for. And I just, I wanted to get Scott's thoughts on that. Well, that's, Cause I know that's, you're a fan of shadow of the empire. I am. I, um, I mean, it wasn't the greatest, um, expanded universe material out there, but, um, from what we're getting, though, it's, it sounds like it's going to be much earlier than that. Shadows of the Empire took place between Empire and Return. Um, mm. So, I, I don't know. I I haven't heard about it, so I need to do a little more research on it. Sorry. But there, uh, that's okay. There's not much to, to tell, really. Yeah. Um, well, we don't we won't know until the 24th. So. Yeah. But, Dave, that's, a, that's an interesting point. If it is going to somehow tie into that era and, and change that up, I don't know. It, it might... I'd like to see what they they put out there, but I was very happy or content with what they had. So I know it's not, you know, it's not canon anymore. But mm -hmm. there was some great <laughs> stuff out there. Well, no, I take that back. Actually, some of the stuff has been brought up in Solo, a Star Wars story. So oh, yeah, yeah. So there they're is bringing it back in a different way. Yeah, right. Black Sun organization was brought up, and mm -hmm. obviously the Mall storyline and and the. Uh, the underground, all the the gangsters and stuff like so that. So is Black Sun part of Shadows? Yeah, it's the mm. organization run by I think I'm going to say the name wrong, but it's Prince Zizor or Shizor, mm. um, and it's just um, it, it, it's a really interesting story. And from from what I remember, Dave, it was like a full multimedia event. So it back in the day, in like the '90s, it was you know it had a video game tie-in it had a book it had a comic book a six book series a limited issue series uh it even had a soundtrack which was so amazing and, and back in the 90s it had a little multimedia like tie-on thing so you can actually listen to the soundtrack put it in your, your computer and get a bunch of like really cool artwork kind of like Macquarie type artwork i have the soundtrack at home it's it's really good question for you scott yeah. question for you did uh did john bon jovi sing on the soundtrack he did not he did <laughs> then not. christmas in the stars is still the better soundtrack that obviously. is a fantastic first outing for mr john bon gioviani is that how you john 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 bon giovi yes yes now kathleen bon... kennedy is uh is not talking about john bon giovi but she is saying that it should be a future she star wars film. i agree with scott a future Star Wars film will absolutely be directed 
by a female director, and that announcement will be coming soon. Well, we we kind of already got that. I mean, with the series, Mandalorians already had uh, Bryce yeah, Dallas Deb- Howard, and then we had uh, yep. Uh, well, the the a couple of the better episodes of the Mandalorian were directed by uh, Deborah Chow, who's the showrunner for the Kenobi show. Yeah, yeah. I mean that Kenobi show they were going to make and. That they're still making. Uh, Hello. Uh, let's still hope. making. Let's hope. How, well, how long did they announce the postponement? Like how far? Is it a year? Uh, Ewan said that it's not the 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 hold that they're placing on production in order to rework the scripts is not going to push back the timeline. But okay. we don't know exactly what the timeline is. But he's saying it's not going to push it back any. So he was so. just on a talk show and they did bring it up. I should find the clip and post it. Yeah. Uh, we'll get it out there on the, on our, uh, the, uh, the old interwebs and all that stuff. But, uh, he mentions, uh, a year from now. So I'm looking at 2021 as the release date for that. And I kind of thought that's where they were aiming for it anyway. Right. Cause of all the, yeah, that, was, that was all, that was always the plan. It wasn't coming out this year. It yeah. wasn't coming out. They were, they were making it this year. So I, next yeah. year is when we'll see it. It's, Cassian Andor coming out this year? No. They have not announced that yet to my so. recollection. Okay. Yeah, we don't have a we don't have release dates for those shows. Okay. To my knowledge. I, I am excited about obviously the Mandalorian uh season 2 announcement yep. and then uh we have all mm-hmm. the Marvel stuff to talk about which And along with other Marvel Disney Plus announcements as far as when we'll see those shows. Yeah. But I think that's coming up yeah. later, right? Yeah, oh, by the way, I that think... that WandaVision st- uh, trailer stuff, that looked wild. Yeah. Yes. That was the most teaserific of teasers that you could possibly tease. They had prom- they promoted three shows in a 30-second spot. Yeah. But did it the way it should be done. I mean, it it really got me excited for all three. They all looked great, by the way. Let's let's stick on that for a minute. So, um we did get an announcement about um The Mandalorian season 2. And this is, I'm reading from geekytyrant.com. This is CEO Bob Iger announcing that the premiere... Bob Iger. Oh, sorry. Bob Iger. Bob Iger. (laughs) There we go. Uh, Dodger fans. Dodger fans. Dodger fans. On my brain. Dodger fans. Star Wars fans. Well, Dodger fans are happy too. Are we going to get some Dodgers news tonight as well? Are we? Are we? We We can talk Dodgers. Let's let me finish my brain uh, thought here, though. (laughs) Got to get the brain flowing in one direction only. Uh, Star Wars. Are we going to talk about One Direction tonight too? Are we? Are we One Direction guys? Wait, are they reuniting? (laughs) Did they break up? Wait. What are we New doing Kids here? on the Block is back together? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a friend of mine. Uh, so, okay, there's a uh, one of my very good friends for almost 30 years now, my friend Brian Calderon, lives in, he's from SoCal, met his wife Angela online 30 years ago or 25 years ago. They're married. They live in Atlanta or okay. in Georgia. She is such a huge New Kids fan. She loves <laughs> New Kids on the Block, and she's met a bunch of them. She's that photographer that I I think I've showed yeah, you some yeah. of her stuff. Oh. She's really good. She takes all kinds of great pictures and of New and Kids. She yeah, she has. She's got <laughs> selfies with New Kids. <laughs> Donnie, we love you. Donnie. No, they ain't so new anymore. <laughs> you know, it turns out that they're old kids on the block. Baby Yoda's a kid too, and that's going to get me right back to Star Wars here. <laughs> And learning that John Favreau and Dave Filoni's Mandalorian, yes, nice. season two hits October 2020. Cool. So we're only what eight That's months away. Nice. Eight months away. 
And then there's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which will premiere in August. That's at the end of the summer. That's that's like that. Is that August away. of this year or next year? This year. Uh, All of it's coming this out in the year, fall. This year. September and October, okay. right? And then WandaVision will make its big debut in December. Oh, December. Okay. Yes. Oh, that means we have to that means we have to wait until August. Because you know what I've noticed? I'm not watching as much of Disney Plus now that Mandalorian is is done for the time being. I'm not really watching much of the Disney Plus. I kind of yeah. binged a whole bunch of Disney shit and then I kind of got over it really fast. Yeah, so I've been putting, like, I'll be in the garage on the weekend and I'll put on, like, one of the documentaries or, you know, one of the National Geographic uh, shows. Yeah. Or I, I watched, um, oh, what's the classic, uh, making of um, Star Wars? Um, Empire of Dreams. Yeah, Empire of Dreams, yep. Yeah, which is always fun. Yeah. It's always fun to revisit Good. that. But but you're right. I'm, the weekly episodic show, I'm missing that. There's, there yeah. beyond Mandalorian, there's not much. Yeah. Yeah. They they do have some great documentaries on the history of Disney. If you are into that sort of thing, there's the Imagineering, which is about the Disney parks. Um, well, really the Disney Corporation in general, but with a heavy focus on the parks. Um, and then a couple on um, uh, just the kind of behind the scenes artists and creators of of old school Disney stuff, which are if you're into that sort of thing, they are really good. But yeah, I kind of burned through those things really quick. Um, yeah. I haven't really gone back for much of the National Geographic stuff. Maybe I'll do that. I yeah, don't know. I, I did the National Park stuff, and that's that's really nice to watch if you just want to kind of chill out a little bit. But I I still enjoy the Jeff Goldblum series. Did I've, I watched? I was going to say, has anybody watched it yet? Yeah, I've watched the. Whole I, I watched the first episode, and I didn't get that much into it. Huh? Yeah, I couldn't. It didn't really grab me the way I was hoping it would. It was I, a show about sneakers, like he was talking about. I think it was the first yeah. episode, the pilot episode. Yeah, and it was. It was. It was fine. It's just weird because he's weird and quirky, and that's yeah. and if you kind of just know that going in, it's not a show that's going to hook you like a normal show. So you got to watch kind of his. It gets he gets. I think he finds his groove a little bit about by episode two or three. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, it kind of s- sticks with that format. It's strange. Yeah. He travels around and finds weird things about the subject matter he's talking right. about. So. So Iger also said that. Bob uh, Iger. Disney Plus streaming service now has 28.6 million paying subscribers. That's great. 28.6 million, which is pretty damn impressive. This is uh, suck at Apple TV Plus. The real question (laughs) is: Are we are we a month out from the last episode of The Mandalorian yet? We are, right? Uh, Yeah, I'd say a month. Yeah. So. I'm curious to see what the paying subscriber count is going to look like next month. Well, Bob had something to say about that. He said, it looks like Disney's very own streaming service has paid off. Iger said in a statement that the decision we made to go with the quality with quality and not just volume is working. I'm pretty confident that with all the film and series projects coming to Disney plus, it will retain most of those subscribers. I, I, I like where you're going with it, Nico, but I honestly think the trick is going to be what's the subscriber count look like when HBO Max and Peacock launch hmm. like in the next two two months, 75 days, somewhere in there. Okay. Because you're, I do think you're going to start to hit a tipping point of how many streaming services people are willing to subscribe to. 
Yeah, like shit. If you want to subscribe to, you get Amazon Plus or Prime, Disney Plus, Netflix, yeah. Apple HBO, Apple TV Plus, like Hulu, and yeah. all of these are. 10 let's say some of them are more than 10 some are less than 10 we'll say it's gonna cost you 11 bucks if you want to get all of the streaming services you're looking at like 80 90 100 dollars oh easy month. yeah easy for sure for and sure if you, are, if you subscribe to everything yeah and people are dropping what like 60 80 dollar cable bills that get you more content than that for well, that's I see ridiculous. Your, I see your that's point. Too, here, it's too much. Well, we we dropped cable five years ago, and that was two hundred yeah. and something, two twenty five a month. That's insane. So when we but dropped, but was that it, just TV? That was whatever we. I think we had HBO. It was was it a bundle like uh, internet? Yeah, yeah but anything? no phone. It was just okay. internet yeah. and cable. Yeah. So that was that bundle with HBO. <clears throat> we dropped it, and we are just doing internet and we did at the time three apps so we had netflix um hulu and i think we're doing a voodoo account too or something before amazon prime popped in so somewhere along the line we added prime which has hbo in it and then now we have disney disney plus so whatever those total up that's our app count right now and i don't need anything else i know there are sports people out there the amazon you still have to pay for hbo with amazon right it has like some HBO shows. Yeah, they're, they're, dollars. They're, yeah. The sh- the shows that are that are more than like four years old are on Amazon Prime from HBO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't get Game of Thrones. Um, you don't get the current episodes of Veep. Yeah. Um, things like that. If you want them, you have to pay for the upgrade HBO package. Well, and what's nice also about um going with the apps and the individual subscription services that you want is you can you can drop it at any time. Like yeah, you, you that's, can, you that's can, you right there, being able to just turn it on and turn it off. Exactly. So if you if you just want to cut Disney Plus right now and just wait until October and start it up again with Mandalorian Season 2, you can do that and save yourself 10 bucks. Now, will people do that? I mean, that's how tech companies are making huge money. That's why Office is now in the cloud. It's just subscription services are outrageous cash cows for, for tech companies and, and for streaming. It's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. Because you're paying whether they're, you use they're it or the not. new gym membership. Yes, I was I was exactly. one of the first guys to to be you know obviously the one that would fight this. I wanted my my physical disc and I wanted the you know my upgrades that I got the one time or two times yeah. over the course before the next major upgrade. Uh, I I finally because of school and some classes I was taking I did the Adobe like cloud all the cloud based Adobe stuff for all my uh, Photoshop stuff yes. all my my photography. Uh, I have to say I've been pleasantly happy with it the upgrades are fantastic i'm constantly you know i do pay a a discounted price through school but it's not that much of a discount and but you know but i get all the latest stuff all the time right i never have a problem with it so you never have to upgrade anything there's no downloads to or it does anything like that it just it's automatically you're on the latest version yeah well it'll tell me a little a notification and it'll say reboot the machine or restart the machine and that's it that's all I do, and I have the latest Photoshop. Yeah. I have the latest Lightroom and all that stuff, and I kind of enjoy that. And if I don't want it, I end the yeah. subscription. Well, it's the same way with Skype. Every time we up- update Skype, it, it, it always works perfectly. Why can't they get that right? Uh, guys, there's a replacement Wilhelm scream. 
<laughs> this is this is the title of this article on Geeky Tyrant. The replacement for the Wilhelm scream used in Star Wars is apparently George Lucas's scream. Quote unquote. Why can't it be? I, I don't know. No. A couple of years ago, when Star Wars: The Last Jedi was released, sound designer Matthew Wood, who's super cool, by the way. Yeah. I'm Facebook friends with him. He's he was like a uh, star. And he I'm was Facebook General Grievous, right? Wasn't yes, he, Gen- he was yeah. the voice of Grievous. Yeah. Yep. Revealed that the Star Wars films had retired the famous Wilhelm scream. It was a classic scream, uh, of course, very famous sound uh, that was used in the original Star Wars movie and since then had found its way into countless other films. So there's a new scream that's being used in the future Star Wars projects, and that scream debuted in Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and was also used in Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. We now know the source of the new scream thanks to a recent interview with sound designers Wood and David Acord. They told ABC News that the new scream is actually the voice of Star Wars creator George Lucas himself. They explained that Lucas recorded the scream in 1973 for American Graffiti, which is pre-Star Wars. And they said that this particular scream was used in other movies, but he didn't reveal which ones. So there you go. George George actually has a scream. Mm-hmm. He actually he should be screen credited with that. I think so. I think he should be. I do have a clip of it. Do you want to hear what the hey. clip sounds like? Yes. Are you Is ready? this exclusive Wretched Hive audio we're about to hear? No one, you won't hear this anywhere else. You all set? Yes. Just here. Just here. Let's go. Okay. With Anthony Daniels as C3PO. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Did you just Vic uh, roll him C3PO? Damn it. He sure did, Dave. I was hoping that Steve would scream, and that would be the actual scream. That we wow. <laughs> well done. I have one thing to say to you, Greg. Roll it again. There we go. Applause as well. With Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. Uh, Lucas referred to the scream as a Star Wars calling card, and the scream even has its own name. <laughs> they call it... I didn't read this part of the article, and it's funny. They call it the George. <laughs> the George. The George. Give, give, it, me, give it a catchy name that people remember, like the George or something. What, so do, you think, uh, what do you think we George? should call it? Uh, uh, call it the George. I hate it when Steve gives me the George. Oh. Do it, 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 do it. Oh, that is so funny. Believe me, believe me, Greg. It's, a, it's now going to be a new sex term like the rusty trombone. <laughs> the rusty trombone. Oh, God. All right. Um, t- somebody mentioned the Rogue One. It might have been me, I think, actually. It was you, actually. It was me. And, uh, and, and it turns out the Rise of Skywalker is actually – doing okay at the box office nice it's not the epic failure that most star wars fans think it is well it might be well, in terms contain of... your disappointment so, everybody try to contain your disappointment it, it might be in terms of story do, do you mean but, but not in box office it surpassed solo a star wars it surpassed rogue one wow it did uh the final this is from comicbook.com the final chapter of the star wars saga may not have been the box office sensation that some fans were expecting but Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker has edged out Rogue One, a Star Wars story, at the global box office to take its place as the third highest grossing entry into the franchise. The film has earned $1.058 billion worldwide, 
Rogue One sits at 1.056. I was going to say, Rogue One is the second lowest grossing film out of the new Disney films. <laughs> and The Last Jedi earned $1.332 billion. So, yeah. you know, say what you want about it. People paid to go see that crap. A few times. Did I say that out loud? Yeah, I think so. Mm. All right. <laughs> we'll take one-tenth of one percent of that take and... It would fund our show for decades to come. It would. Oh. Yeah. Forget the show. It's going to fund my retirement. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> F the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we've been doing that for four years. I mean, <laughs> why, you know, why stop now? Um, all right, guys. We've got some non-Star Wars. We've got some other stuff to cover. And uh, this one's interesting. Uh, a nagging Indiana Jones 5 rumor got cleared up recently by Kathleen Kennedy, uh, who confirmed... She still, she still has her job, correct? She's still employed by Lucasfilm. I think she's okay. um, filing in the basement there, Lucasfilm, <laughs> carrying boxes downstairs and oh my God. filing into big file cabinets. That's what she does. Poor, she has a little red stapler on her desk. This, yeah. is, this, this, this is my stapler. They said yeah. I could have this stapler. The stapler is mine. Poor KK. Uh, she was speaking with BBC News at the BAFTA Awards. Uh, and she was asked. Let me find the question. She, uh, When she got to Indiana Jones 5, Kennedy quipped, Oh, Harrison Ford will be involved. It's not a, re- it's not a reboot. It's a continuation. So absolutely Harrison is in Indy 5. So no Chris Pratt as the new Indiana Jones. Correct. No Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. <laughs> well, he's the son, right? He's the son of... Right. It looked like he was taking over the mantle. He was. Basically. Professor Jones and Marion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he got the, the fedora be- the at the end of... I know, but but uh, he's crazy in the movie theater laughing at himself still, right? Uh, this is where uh, this is also quoting from Cinema Blend. This is where we need to remind everyone reading that Harrison Ford is currently 77. Granted, he looks better at 77 than many others do at 50. Hey, that's a, I know. They're talking to me. Uh, they're talking to a so lot of us. What was, yeah, what was 50 fuckers? What, what was the last one? The last one was uh, the Crystal, Crystal Skull. Skull. Yeah. And yeah. the next one's going to be the Titanium Hip Replacement. <laughs> uh, oh, Indiana, yeah, Jones, Indiana Jones and the Quest for More Money. Yeah. The Search for More Money, sir. The Search for More Money. You know, well, they had to go with Quest, so there wasn't a copyright infringement. <laughs> you know, I, I got to. Don't want Mel Brooks up, all, up, all up in your shit. Something, something just Frank occurred to bastard. me. Something just occurred to me that I. I, I got to I got to address here. You know, there's a comedic element to Harrison Ford's turn as Indiana Jones. He's you know he's an adventurer, but he's also he's got a sense of humor, and the, just the way he plays the character is funny, and the way he runs. I I in those older movies, I just love the way he runs. It's just goofy and yeah. Uh, was it River Phoenix that that mirrored his his run in in. Um, Indy 3 so perfectly when he's running down the hill. That's a great opening sequence. That's yes. great. It's one of the that best. One of the pre, best ever. Pre-River Phoenix's death, of course. Yes. <laughs> oh, post would have been just I weird. hope so. Um, but, that would so, have been amazing. And I was just thinking about when Harrison runs down the hallway in The Force Awakens, he's running down the hallway of his ship. 
And I don't know if you recall, but he's he's running away from the the uh, Rathtar. The Rathtar, yes, thank you. And it he's just struggling. It's just it looks like a struggle for him to jog a few steps. Yeah. And he I just got his ankle broken, sir. He was you were lucky he was moving at all. He 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 was like seventy three when he was filming that well, scene. But, in but some that's fairness, what, well, no. I, look, I'm not knocking him for being an older gentleman and not being able to run like a like a forty year old Harrison Ford. But I mean, he's is he is this going to be a swashbuckling you know Indiana Jones that we're seeing like running through jungles and and you know trying running just yeah. I don't, I don't know. All the jungles are going to be subject to the. Uh, Americans with Disability Act. <laughs> <laughs> that vine, so, you're going to have to move that vine. accessible for Indiana Jones. It's, I'm not. I'm not going to defend Kingdom of the Crystal Skull as a as a good Indiana Jones movie, but I, I I'm not going to hate on it either. It was fine for yeah. what it was. What yeah. I did not need to see though was at that point sixty something year old Harrison Ford punching out Nazis. I thought that was a little ridiculous. So right, yeah, yeah. I I I remember even just. The look of him in the fedora and the leather jacket and everything, the indie look, it just looked like um, – I'm sorry, but it just looks like an old man wearing a costume now yeah. to me. And I love Harrison Ford. He's, what, he's a fantastic uh, actor. He's, he's, if there was a Hall of Fame for actors, he's a first ballot. But I just – I don't – I don't see it anymore no, with no, with indie with him. I'd like to thank you, Steve, for um, saying you love me. <laughs> Harrison, uh, so <laughs> so tell fan. us about your 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 turn in uh, in Indy Five. Um, well, how's that coming? I've got uh, some new bionic legs. I'm gonna be running really fast, <laughs> really fast. That's pretty is much that, it. Is that your is that your impression or is that your impression of Ralph Garman's impression of Harrison Ford? That's, that's Scott's impression. impression of my impression of Ralph's impression. Of exactly. Ralph. <laughs> that's exactly where I was going. Because they're Ralph. That. The Ralph Garman Harrison Ford impression is shockingly spot on. It is. Look, mimicry is the highest form of flattery. That's what we always say on this show. And so is okay, the, better better Harrison Ford. So is thievery. Ralph, Ralph Ralph Garman or Mark Hamill. Who's got the better Harrison oh. Ford? Ooh. Ralph uh, Ralph's pretty good. I but think well, Mark's done some amazing work. What's funny about uh, to me Mark's is Mark is just funny cuz it's Mark Hamill doing it. Yeah. You know. Um but Ralph's is pretty fucking dead on. Yeah. He's, he nails it. <laughs> it does. It's, yeah. it's great. Wouldn't it be great if I had a sound clip of both of those and we could listen to them? This being an audio show and everything. Why, why can't we have a Mark Hamill, <laughs> Ralph Garman, Harrison Ford off? That'd be so well, if we If we would plan this thing ahead of time, we could do shit like That's that. That's very true. Consider if we pull this show directly out of, out of Nico's ass, then that I don't be, know how we... That would be, that would be like a... <laughs> That would be like a like a Harrison Ford panacea, you know, like have have Mark Hamill and Ralph Garman have a a, a Ford off. Honestly, right, right. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's oh do it. God, Coming in 2020 that. from the Wretched High. That's fantastic. Does that give us enough time? <laughs> um, moving on with the news here, Sam Raimi is in talks oh, to yes. direct Doctor Strange two. And I know, Dave, you, you, you commented on the thread about this. Why is this exciting to you? This is Variety.com, by the way. Sam Raimi in talks to direct Doctor Strange 2. Because, one, Sam Raimi really is is largely responsible for the modern superhero blockbuster. I mean, yes, X-Men came first from Brian Singer, but that 
first Spider-Man movie yeah. that Raimi directed, and Spider-Man 2 for that matter. <laughs> Those are so pitch fucking perfect. Yeah. And if they hadn't been as pitch fucking perfect as they are, I'm not sure that you know the groundwork would have been laid for the Marvel Cinematic Universe to explode the way it did a couple years later when uh, when the first Iron Man came out. Yeah. yeah so he... in general, Raimi is a fantastic director. He's got such a great wit and a great ability to use film and the characters in film for humor. I am just I am excited to see him come to the Marvel Cinematic Universe proper and work with another uh, Stanley Steve Ditko character in Doctor Strange. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right, Dave. Um, I actually just revisited both of those films in the last week, and had a wonderful discussion with my son about um, kind of how that all happened. How it w- it was the X Men that really ushered in this new era of just like superhero films bombarded left and right. But what I brought up was what I was trying to explain to my son was, you know, with X Men they changed a lot, not just with story and, and continuity and all that, but Everything had to have this kind of black leather matrixy thing because they were too afraid to use the spandex costumes. And you can't really get away with that with Spider-Man. You need to have the red and blue costume. And I know they did a little bit of souping up there with the web and even the eyepieces and all that stuff. But it, it really did bring about that feeling you're watching a comic book movie. And I, I, I love those first two movies. We'll forget about three. God will forget about three, but um, yeah, they're just wonderful films. Dude, Sam Raimi, I'm looking at his IMDb page. He's amazing. He has been directing since the early 70s. Yeah. Well, I had yeah. no idea he was that well, old. Well, going back to Evil Evil Dead and, and yeah. Evil yeah. Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, yeah, for sure. That for was sure. 80, 81, I think, 82. So his first directing credit is a short called Out West in 1972. Wow. Jesus. Evil Dead was 81. Evil 81. Dead is 81. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Evil Dead, 81. Cinema Wave, 85. Uh, jumping ahead, Army of Darkness to ni- in 92. Got to bring That's up Dead Alive. Oh, Dead Alive. Is well, well, well don't, don't. I was going to say, don't skip over Darkman, oh, yeah, which Dark is Man. really yeah, his, right. his introduction to the superhero genre with his own self-created superhero. Yeah, which I don't know that it's that it's a great movie, but you could see that he knew how to yep. how to do an action heroic adventure movie. It is so Darkman. I think came out yes, after and he, he... Dead Alive. Is that right? Oh, sorry. Uh, let's see. It's, Dead, uh... Wasn't Dead Wasn't Dead Alive? Um, Peter Jackson. See Dead Alive. Did I say? On oh my god! I'm credits. I'm, I'm crossing the streams. Evil Dead. Evil Dead Two. You're talking Evil Dead. So Evil Dead 2 was 87. My bad, guys. Yeah. Uh, Darkman was 90. Army of Darkness, 92. A Simple Plan, 98. That's actually a really good movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, and then Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, and uh, 2002, 2004, and 2007. Yeah. I'm going I'm to go with you on Dead Alive, though, Scott, but I think that is Peter Jackson, isn't it? You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. But I, I said just I'm crossing... an absolute. Isn't that the one that's the absolute just gore fest? It is. It yeah, is. Just, it's just one of those things. A, where... a crazy, crazy movie. Cult type directors who crossed over. I just I was crossing streams there, but you know what? I'm I'm going with the same thing because Evil Dead series, Evil Dead one and two are fantastic films. Army of Darkness is just a pure gem. 
to watch. I mean, it's yeah. just so bizarre but wonderful, and he just knows how to do things. And Darkman is great. And, a ton of TV credit, and, and, too. And he, he really established the the what's become a pattern for Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, where they find these kind of off-the-beaten-track directors. Hmm. You know, not people that you would say, oh, yes, that is a guy or a gal who can handle a, a blockbuster. Hmm. And they bring him in to produce blockbusters. That that Spider-Man movie, that was the first movie to ever gross more than $100 million in its first weekend. Yeah. And think about how commonplace that is now, just 18 years later. If a blockbuster doesn't hit over $100 million, it's viewed as a failure. Spider-Man was the first movie to do it ever yeah. in history in 2002. Wow. At that point in time, if you grossed over $100 million, that was the benchmark for being like a huge blockbuster. Yeah, we that was a shocking moment. I remember that specifically because um, I kind of followed the box office back then. That was one of those milestones that I'll, I'll never forget. It was Spider-Man that broke that record, and mm. uh, and and that's the those are the Toby um, Toby McGuire McGuire yeah. movies. Yeah, absolute an absolutely brilliant piece of casting all around. That that first movie is just such a perfect true adaptation, and every little thing that they tweaked or changed made perfect sense. And had a lot of thought behind it in terms of what it meant for telling a, a self-contained cinematic story. There was just the the love and the care and the detail just bled off of the screen on that on that film. Two, I think I saw it three times. Yeah, two interesting. The first things about weekend. <laughs> both of those series, X Men and Spider Man, that came out around 2000 2002, is both of those spawn sequels that are absolutely like better than the originals. They're fantastic stories darker grittier but spider-man 2 is just one of those perfect films mm. the doc ock story is amazing yeah i remember really liking those i'm glad to hear that you guys like the toby Maguire versions i for some reason thought that you who's the uh, actor that, that went with the in-between versions and andrew james garfield. andrew garfield fuck me yeah <laughs> that one <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, I know he's three. cute, Dave, but like, really, you want him to fuck you? <laughs> wow. Three well, is the Spider-Man three with Tobey Maguire is not a good movie, but I'm not, I'm not gonna put that on Sam Raimi. Uh, I, there was a lot of shit going on with that movie, yes. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe the stories about it, and not just say that Sam Raimi just lost his mind on that one. I, I agree with you, Greg. Um, and plus, knowing that there's information about the fourth one that he was talking about possibly making. And you can look up some of the information, artwork. I think there is some script treatment out there. You can read some of it. It's wonderful where he was really – he really respected the material. Uh, Dave, I don't hate the Andrew Garfield stuff as much as you do, um, but you can – like the first Fuck one, me right in the ear, right okay. in the fucking ear. It's not <laughs> terrible, but it's not great. And the sad thing was is they were really trying to build something, much like the original ones with Tobey Maguire. Mm. Uh, they left story uh, uh, plot ideas hanging, which was the introduction of Dr. Connors, who we do get in the Andrew Garfield series. But again, you know, they were building the Sinister, Sinister Six storyline through that, and they let that go. And But there was more going on behind the scenes. Greg, you brought this kind of up, but we found that out through the hacking emails through Sony CBS rec or CBS uh, some of the crazy stuff that was going on behind the scenes in that so hmm. we really got into a lot of detail so <laughs> I am just excited to, to bring Sam Raimi because of his contribution to the idea of superhero cinema I'm excited to see him be able to do a proper Marvel Cinematic Universe 
product. That that would just that that's that's great. And frankly, they need a director in place very quickly because the production on this thing starts in like 60, 90 days tops. He's perfect to drop in on it. Yeah. Dave, you I think you just mentioned this too. It's because of him that we get all these like, you know, upcoming or even uh, kind of different quirky independent directors. I mean, if if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have James Gunn doing these films, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. You wouldn't have some of these other great directors pulling off amazing stuff. Well, if that's or not a the, great the segue. Russo, or the Russo brothers being brought in for uh-huh. to do a political thriller is uh, Captain America Winter Soldier or or maybe even John Favreau who was hardly known for doing blockbuster movies at that point when he got the first Iron Man film. Yeah. Well, that is a great segue to James Gunn in the news who teased a little bit about Galax- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, basically, it's a cannot confirm nor deny sort of a situation where he teased the presence in this movie of potentially Galactus yes. or Silver Surfer. And in a tweet that hey. he has since... Uh, let me finish this real quick, uh, Dave. In a tweet that he has since deleted, he was asked if there's any chance we'll see Galactus or Silver Surfer, and he responded with, I've had some discussions, smiley face, and then quickly deleted that post. Hmm. So I will just say, when you say see one or the other, the reality is where one of those characters goes, for the most yes. part, the other one does follow. Yes. Yes. It's gonna, it, would be, it would be somewhat disappointing if one was introduced without the other and the last time he had discussions about using a character that was uh the famous that was a, not a famous but ego the living planet was not originally a marvel cinematic universe property uh, marvel had to do a deal i think with fox in order to get ego back over so they could use it for guardians of the galaxy too so if he's having discussions i'm i'm excited and encouraged by that yeah um if you go through James Gunn's Twitter thread, uh, I believe he does uh, the kibosh on that rumor that that oh. he did not have that that it was totally made up. So he's he I, that rumor is out there, but he has personally shot that down. Okay, so All right. yeah. I'll believe it when yeah. I see it. Okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll read from, from February 1st. So this story is going around saying I answered and deleted it on Instagram stories today. I did neither, nor did I ever have those conversations with Marvel. I don't know who started it, but it's 100% a for, forgery. Sorry to disappoint. That is directly from James Gunn. No. Okay. That's just what I'd say if I was trying to hide that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well played, JJ Abrams. On the internet, Greg, you know that. I <laughs> and, don't and, want... And, and, and to follow up, he says, also, people should have known I wouldn't have used a 2008 smiley face. <laughs> that's, a, that's fair. That, okay. All right. That's well played, James Gunn. Yeah. Now, we did get... I'm still waiting for Adam Warlock. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that was the, the, big, like, the big hint. Exactly. We've already seen his creation, but we haven't seen him yet or any storyline with him. So... I feel like we're jumping the gun a little bit, James Gunn, going straight for mm-hmm. Silver Surfer and Galactus before we even talk about Adam Warlock. And I'm really disappointed, MCU, Marvel, for not bringing him up in Endgame at all in any capacity. 
Well, now wasn't there? Yeah, considering he was such a big part of the comic book storyline, that it's it's a shame he didn't get to see any of the Infinity War. Like, yeah, story. when you talk about the Infinity Gauntlet, I feel like he's one of the characters having wielded the Infinity Gauntlet that should have been brought up, and the fact that they touched on him in Guardians Two, and then they had the whole avengers thing afterward and he was never even mentioned again or brought up or teased or anything and it was really disappointing well now wasn't there a clip a video of the russo brothers talking about in some of the cut footage of the end of endgame that he was oh no wait i'm sorry that's not that was nova not yeah i remember the story about nova Nova was someone that that all that came close to making an appearance right okay take that back yep we need we need Adam Warlock in here. That's so we, I mean. we we also have some other news um, about Guardians Three that was uh, equally disappointing, I guess. Now that we know that uh, James Gunn's tweet was a fake, um, this coming also from a an interesting source. This is reported by Inverse.com. There's a Twitter user named Charles Murphy. Yes. And that's an alias. His real name is unknown. He's proven to be a reliable source when it His comes. His parents must not have liked him very much. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to unannounced release dates um, for MCU movies, Murphy made his mark in 2019 after he accurately leaked Marvel's entire Phase Four lineup roughly a day before the company officially announced it at San Diego Comic Con. Are you sure he didn't make his mark playing basketball with Prince somewhere? <laughs> that might have been a thing, right? So since then, Murphy. Murphy's continued <laughs> to update his own MCU calendar, which goes beyond Phase 4 and into Marvel's murkier future. And his latest tweet is a big one. Most notably, he added Guardians of the Galaxy 3 to his schedule, which also uh, and also made a few other changes. So he's got – so this guy, Charles Murphy, at – Charles Murphy, just like it sounds. Yeah, um, so on, book your calendar oh, sorry, now. It's, I'm sorry, it's at underscore Charles Murphy. Yeah. Um, this has a Guardians of the Galaxy 3 release date, May 5th, 2023. So get your 2023 calendars out, and let's start booking those dates right now. There May May 5th, is that what it is? May 5th. I'm already, I'm buying tickets. What day is May 5th? Is that a Tuesday? <laughs> or Friday? It's it the day after Star Wars Day. Come on, Steve. Oh, I should. Exactly right. Damn. Thanks, Nico. All right. right. We've got one final, well, two final things to cover here. One story that I really wanted to hit on, non-Star Wars, non-Marvel, little Star Trek. Star Trek Picard. Let's talk about Star Trek Picard. I know some of us have been watching the show. Greg, uh, I know you and, um, what's that other guy's name? Dave. I know you and Dave have watched the show. Scott, have guy, you guy watched? on the show? He's been God on a couple damn. episodes. Have not. Nico, have you seen it at all? I want to sure. I want to um, make sure we don't spoil anything for you if you're planning on watching. It's it. quite I, all right. I don't have the CBS streaming services subscription. Okay. So on my Fire Stick, uh, the Amazon Fire Stick, um, on the homepage, I saw that I could watch the first episode for free, but I don't have the CBS subscription to watch the rest of the episodes and i don't want to start the show with just a pilot and i'm not gonna pay for a cbs subscription so i can watch the news um streaming live and it doesn't really interest me i never watched star trek that much 
uh, in the past have watched episodes here and there. I kind of uh-huh. get the gist of the storyline, but it's it's interesting, but it's not enough for me to pay another twelve dollars a month for month for. Okay, well, I can tell you as a fan of the original series, which aired before I was born, but then I was sort of reared on it. Uh, the original series uh, with Shatner and McCoy and or, or um, did not McCoy. Um, Spock and McCoy and Captain Scotty. Kirk, all those original Star Wars characters. Um, yeah, Mr. Scott. Um, loved that show as a kid. Watched the Next Generation religiously. Is a great and show. It's so, it's so I was really looking forward to seeing Picard. And um, Greg and Dave, I'd love for you to weigh in here. I I really have been enjoying it. I've watched the first two episodes. And I think it's great. There are it's not perfect. Um, to your point, Greg, they they are using the Long Beach or the uh, Anaheim Convention Center as um, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, in, it's it's featured in the first episode, maybe three or four times. Okay, but, but wait, they're going to jump and, in with and the, the reviews, second and but the second. It is a yeah. fantastic yeah. space age looking building. It I is really say. cool, and they're using it like unaltered. It's just it the, is the, it is 70s futuristic. Yes, yeah, and and by the way. Uh, let's talk about our architecture here real quick before we jump into Picard. Uh, Battlestar Galactica, the original series from the 70s, used downtown Long Beach as the attack sequence. The Cylons destroy the home world. No kidding. That was the Long Beach library, which they just knocked down. So I yes. went and photographed that before they knocked it down. Thing was beautiful, but yes. The- Wait, that was the building that that was where Jane Seymour was standing in front of the little peace thing, and then the the yep. Cylon ship start. Bombing the shit out of everything. That is correct, right on Ocean Boulevard. Yeah, it was wow. a really futuristic, sort of squarish looking building. Yep. And yeah, it was really cool. It was beautiful. That and was a cool and building. Anaheim Convention Center is one of those that that's swear- where I- that's where Boxy's Moffat got killed. That is correct. But if you're not if you if you're not familiar with the with the structure, you know, like we are, it's it's uh it's in, in encased in glass basically there's glass panels that cover the entire facade of the of the building yeah. it's multi-layered it looks very futuristic 70s futuristic to, which is a, a great way to say it great the anaheim convention center yeah what did i say oh, sorry yeah. no 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 yeah i just yeah, the anaheim sure convention we're talking about center that. for picard sorry yep it is so awesome it's cool they should never change it because it does look like it's going to take off and go into space right yeah there. so that that is uh starfleet command <laughs> that in is picard That's yeah amazing. it is um so Greg, Dave, uh, either one of you, what do you think of the show so far? And um, love I'd it. love to get your take on it. I absolutely, absolutely love it. I think it's Blade Runner meets uh, Star Trek. Wow. I'm, I'm enjoying it immensely. I agree that Patrick Stewart is doing some of his best work on it, but it, it, what I like about it is that it is a bit of a departure from what historically has been a view of Star Trek, which is that you know under the Roddenberry vision, it's a utopian society, and they don't have any of these problems anymore. And you have to travel to these other worlds and other races and species to encounter the, the problems and the conflict that need to be resolved. Mm-hmm. And I like that in this Star Trek, we're kind of reminded that the future is still worth fighting for. You, you always have to fight for the future in your present mm-hmm. um, without giving too much away about what happens on the show because it's it's kind of framed up in a lot of the the marketing is you know what brings a great man out of retirement and I think the more interesting question that this show is delving into is uh, what actually compels a great man to retire hmm. yeah. yeah 
I like it. I like it. Greg, what do you, what what what's your take on the show? Have you are you uh where I am? Are you have you watched the first two episodes? Yeah, I, I'm caught up. I've seen both two episodes and and I not being a huge next generation guy. I'm not really a huge Star Trek guy in that I've religiously watched all the TV shows. I've seen all the movies and I enjoy the movies and I think I actually enjoy well. Uh, I'm going to set a caveat. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, is the best Star Star Trek movie out there, hands down, period. End of Agreed. sentence. No argument about that. Maybe the, maybe the J, I think the J.J. Abrams movie might actually be better. The the J.J. Um, Abrams movie. That's an incorrect take, but that's okay. Um, but okay to be wrong, Dave. I, I, I do enjoy all of the Next Generation movies, I think, more than I like the original cast movies um, as, as a whole, as a grouping. So I like going back and I like... Patrick Stewart, and that's what I'm enjoying most about the show, is he's just a fucking joy to watch on the screen. He's a really, like, good actor, and he takes this stuff that's kind of cheesy and sh- and schmaltzy and makes it compelling and watchable. And even, you know, like, he's, you know, Harrison Ford age, and he's running around and and, and jumping over things and, and not a whole heck of a lot, but he's doing his fair share of action sequences in the first couple of episodes here. And Wait, it's, it's believable. Is he not older than Harrison Ford? He's, They're probably close to the think, same age. Yeah, I think he, I think Patrick I think Sir Patrick Stewart is seventy nine and Harrison Ford is seventy seven. And you, in the Thank show, Picard you. is in his uh, mid nineties. Just as a point of reference. Oh, okay. I just want to I say thank you, that. Dave, for uh, recognizing Sir Patrick Stewart's knighthood. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. Is it? Your it's cat important. does want your seaweed too. I keep seeing your cat's head pop up as you're yeah, eating. Yeah, she, can, she can't have my fucking seaweed. She wants it though. She wants it, but she can't have it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> I, I'm also impressed with with the writing on the show and the dialogue on the show. And yes, there are cheesy moments in it. It it's Star Trek for God's sakes. So of yeah, course, there are going to be exactly. some cheesy moments in it. That that's you know that's like complaining about car chases in a bond movie i mean yeah. it's it's what the product is <laughs> but i but i am enjoying it i am enjoying it and it just and watching him you know maybe it's just watching this really old man because i i i was just thinking about him in logan as well and mm. goddamn if his performance in logan wasn't some of the best superhero comic book movie acting that's ever come around he was so good in that movie he was that was that was oscar worthy his performance in that no, he's an amazing a actor. Senile Xavier? Actor. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, that was fucking good. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, so... I, re- I recommend it. Two episodes in, I recommend it. I'll stick with it. It's 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 an enjoyable hour of your time. All right. Greg, so Greg is, Greg's only mistake there. on that review is that he doesn't love it as uncompromisingly as I do. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, well, I hope you guys love this uncompromisingly. It's the Star Wars Tweet of the Week. Yahoo! Really? Curious. Because everybody knows that Twitter is a source of endless positivity. You're gravely mistaken. Come to your senses! Well, uh, there are a few Twitter accounts that are kind of funny. Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I got another winner! This is a winner, guys. All right. The Star Wars... This is the torturous that you brought back this bit. It really has. It's never going away. (laughs) Star Wars Tweet of the Week comes this week from Emo Kylo Ren. Damn. Oh, okay. Oh, he's still around? 
Emo Kylo, he's still around and kicking almost every single day. He's not dead. Emo Kylo Ren tweets, No, Mom, you can't use the garage. I told you the Knights of Ren and I had practice. <laughs> All right. Are they practicing their karate? Is it like an emo band? Is it... Drop mic, walk off other? stage. My chemical rends. <laughs> uh, the other one, I was between that one, I'll just read the other one. The other one was, um, this is pretty good too, I'll turn the music down a little bit. Dear Diary, I wanted the protractor with the Sith dagger attachment, but my parents just got me the regular one. It's like they don't even want me to fall in love with math. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> All right. Oh, All right. You guys have All no right. sense of humor. All right. <laughs> you know who has the sense of humor? Bob Iger. That's right, he does. Bob Iger. Bob Iger. Oh, guys. Mitt, Rom <laughs> Mitt Romney. Oh, my gosh. Guys, episode Yo. 106 is in the books, guys. We are. This is a wrap on this one. And if you want to let us know how well we did with episode 106, you can call us and let us know and leave a message on the Wretched Hive hotline. That's at 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E. In case you can't spell Hive. You got that right! And you can also find us online at thewretchedhive.net on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. You can tweet at Wretched Hive Pod. You can look us up on Instagram at WretchedHive77 or email to show at TheWretchedHive.net and we might even respond. How about that? If you're lucky. Guys, we are done with this episode. 106 is in the books. Any final thoughts? Congratulations, son number one, Nico Rodriguez, on his pending yes. nuptials. Thanks, the next time, two, Gregory. The next, the next time <laughs> we talk here, you will be a married man. Well, hopefully I talk to you before then. Well, as a group. But as the, next on, time I'm, the next time I'm on the show, yes, I will be a married man. Wow. Amazing. Little Nico's Crazy, right? getting hooked, getting hitched. Hitched. Before wow. my 30th. Yeah, congratulations, nice. man. In all sincerity, congratulations. Have a great wedding. Yeah, man. Congrats. Thanks, guys. Guys, have a great couple of weeks. Take care, and may the Force be with us all. Yeah.